0: i'm katie morrell i'm a creative and writer based in bend oregon and i'm karen hawkins i'm the founder of rebellious magazine for women and co-publisher and co-editor-in-chief of the chicago reader
1: you are listening to season three of of course i'm not okay the podcast join us as we talk about mental health coping
0: with quarantine and creativity for some of our episodes we'll chat with writers creatives and activists to get their take thank you for joining us on this journey. So perfect. Today's episode of Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast is brought to you by Rebellious Magazine. No, no, I know you've never heard of it. It's okay. It's fine. Listen, it's at rebelliousmagazine.com. It's a feminist magazine. It was founded by a mouthy black lesbian. And if you give a shit about mouthy black lesbians, you should read it and you should send us money valuesmagazine.com. Don't miss it. Check it today.
1: Hello, Karen, and
0: happy week
1: after the inauguration.
0: Hello, Katie. Welcome to Regime Change Begins at Home. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is. It's the regime change.
1: We're all sitting in our houses. We Many of us don't really feel like that much has changed, but I will say that I had a very emotional week last week, uh, the week of the um, the inauguration. I, I just, it, I mean, the inauguration itself was, I thought, really, really great. I thought Lady Gaga was incredible. Um, the poet Amanda Gorman, oh my gosh, she, there are no words, It's just
0: breathtaking. Yeah,
1: so incredible. What did you think of the inauguration?
0: I, it's really funny because I usually hate those instances of political theater like i just am not i like award shows kind of creep me out like all of the like all of that like staged forced ceremony like it's usually not my jam totally but i cried like a baby the whole time <laughs> <laughs> Just bald and i it's really funny cuz i was like not i usually i feel like i'd be embarrassed about being so emotional about it but now i just i bawled the whole time i mean they would like show somebody like when Mich- when they showed Michelle walking in oh I was oh god, I love like I just I was a mess it was amazing
1: I mean Michelle's outfit I know it's gotten huh. a ton of press but oh my god I mean no one has ever looked better in the history of <laughs> of time ever <laughs> she seriously but also mm. just like such I mean she was a badass like it was just yeah. like you could feel, even in every picture I saw, you could just feel that like badass energy. Like it was just, oh, I yes. loved it. I loved I, it so much.
0: I loved it. And I I enjoy my Twitter feed. I mean, I generally enjoy my Twitter feed quite a bit. And her hairstylist kept popping up. Like people kept kept retweeting. I mean, oh, Black wow. women in our hair, we're just like, I, I feel like at least on my Twitter feed, Laid was trending because her hair was so laid. It's just a thing. Like, yes, her hairstylist was getting so much attention, and I just loved it because we were all just like, mm, Michelle, girl, <laughs>
1: exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah. I
1: I ha- I saw on Instagram, um, Lovey Ajay Ajay. Oh,
0: um, yes. Oh, how do you? I've met her. I should know how to say oh, you it. Have? Lovey. Yes,
1: yes. I don't oh, remember how to great. pronounce her last name, but she is so great and she was just like you know posting about Michelle so much and just like saying all of these incredible things in terms of like she just did not mess around like just Michelle just like it was, that was a very intentional choice I mean the I think she said like ox blood red and like the like the stuff that she was I mean it was just there was such a statement and also she used um, she had this amazing, uh, designer that she, I think has also gotten a ton of press and I don't remember his name either, but, oh yes. Aj- Ajayi, Aja, Lovey.
0: Lovey. Let's awesomely lovey. We love her.
1: Let's just go with Lovey.
0: She's in Chicago.
1: Yeah. Oh, is she Adorned. really? Oh my Yeah. Gosh.
0: I mean, I think she's still here. She's definitely from here.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that's her too. So great. She's so great. But yes, I. I mean, I thought the whole thing was amazing. And it was, I I saw Chris Redd, Chris Redd is a comedian who's on that Saturday Night Live. And he posted, he was just like all this empathy in these complete sentences. Like it was like, that's what he posted on Twitter. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is just, it's a little disorienting. Like, I mean, in the best possible way.
0: In the best possible way. And I, I just kept thinking like there are people who are watching and listening to this who are seething mad listening to these people being empathetic and thoughtful and using kind, lang- kind, inclusive language and looking at all these black and brown people on this stage and just being livid. And there's a part of, I just, I have so many emotions around it and it's just hard for me to understand it because I remember, I didn't watch it in real time, but reading about the last presidential inauguration that we all sat through and the horror of it, the absolute, just seething Mm -hmm. horror of it. And I, I just, it's hard for me to imagine that there are people who watched Wednesday who have that same feeling. It's just so weird to me.
1: I totally agree with you. I have, I haven't thought about it that way, but you're right. I bet there's, I mean, seven, what is it? 71 million people voted for the other side. And it's like, maybe some of them are like, okay, you know what, this is, you know, this is the right choice, especially after the insurrection and that kind of thing. But I bet, I I mean, you you are right, like that other people are just thinking, how is this happening? Why is this happening? And it's just, yeah, I, I loved Biden's message of unity. And I really hope that he's really committed to that. And like, and, you know, Harris is really committed to that. And like, I just want I just want that too, you know. I but I also think that like that's the whole point, or not the point, but like America is built on this discourse of like let we can disagree and be respectful about it. That's the stuff that's the part that's been obviously lacking.
0: Yeah, I um I saw a tweet from somebody that feel that I feel like addresses how conflicted I feel about it because I want lawmakers to be unified. I want them to have unity, I want them to act on behalf of the country for the betterment of the country. But personally, me personally, I don't give a shit about you. You don't think I should be able you don't think I should have rights. You don't think I'm a full American citizen. You don't think that I'm a human. You can go fuck yourself. I'm not unifying yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel very torn and I, um, I mean, I don't feel torn at all, actually. Yeah. I want legislators to do what we pay them to do to, do things to improve the law of all Americans, but mm, me in my everyday life. No, no, I'm with you.
1: I'm so with you. I mean, it's impossible to like, how are, I, I, I mean, when you're talking about human rights, when you're talking about seeing people as full humans, when you're talking about like, I I completely, of course, I completely agree with that. It's like, there's no other way of thinking about it. Like. It's, 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 we're talking about human rights here. Like we're talking and it's just, how can there be another conversation? Like there's just, yeah, there's, it's, I was um, reading, there's this woman that I follow named Rachel Rogers, who is, um, she's a black woman who's a really great business coach. And she has this great podcast and, you know, I kind of follow her stuff cause it's, it's like pretty inspiring. And I was looking at one of her signature um, uh, events and It had a very long frequently asked question, um, like, you know, kind of like Q&A type of thing. And one of the questions was, can I join your club, which is very large, like she has a huge following. Can I join your club if I believe all lives matter? And her response was absolutely not, don't even think about it. Like, don't even think about applying. And it's like, and thank God, you know, like there needs to just be more conversation around that. Like,
0: yeah. I mean, I think and we'll get into this for the topic of of today's show, but I I feel like one of the things that's been incredibly triggering for me these last four years has been the insistence of the media to have conversations with people who are saying the craziest, most racist, most xenophobic, most awful shit. Yes. Why are we giving air? Why are we giving oxygen? Why are we giving airtime to these motherfuckers who are saying terrible things? Yes. As if what they're saying makes it like, as if you can have a thoughtful dialogue with that person.
1: Yes. Yes. I remember that so vividly at the very beginning of Trump's administration, when it's like, when I'm a huge NPR listener and I was listening to how, like, basically they were trying, like you say, to give airtime to the other side when they didn't realize what kind of vitriol was actually going to come out of their mouths because it really had not yet been like circulated like this wasn't like a thing it was so early in in the um in the administration it could have even been when he was actually running but it was one of those things where there were so many op-eds that came out in the New York Times and Washington Post and Wall Street Journal about like should we be giving these people airtime because this is actually hurting people. And I think, like, you know, um, eventually NPR decided not to. And therefore, of course, the right wing media has bashed NPR, blah, blah, blah. But like, the thing is, is that it's just, um, I'm with you. Like, it's like, you know, the fight of this is the first amendment is absolute bullshit. Like if, if that doesn't actually, that doesn't make sense to me, at least it doesn't.
0: No. And I remember an NPR interview because I, I'm at a certain point I've tuned back in regularly now, but at a certain point I had to stop listening. Yeah. But I remember an interview after the whole shithole country
1: thing. Yes. Okay. This might've been the same thing. Yes. Continue. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I'm not going to say what host it was, but has a professor from Haiti on basically all, but saying, yeah, but isn't Haiti a shithole country? Like actually challenging this person about, Hades economics and Hades history and all this shit. And I, I was like, and now I'm done. What what mm, the what?
1: No. <laughs> what? No. no. Mm. That's not journalism to me though. No. Like that's not like, yes, okay, it's great to see both sides of specific issues, but specific issues that have to do with things that are not in the realm of human rights and hate speech and no no, that's, that's yeah. poor form. I, I do remember that actually. And I was just like, wait, what the, what the hell are they even doing? Like, this is not, they're not doing their job. <sighs> I know this is very triggering. <laughs> like it's
0: like, <laughs> and you and I are both journalists and we're just like, <laughs> it's just. I mean, it's been really painful and it's, I, it's been weird to be on the sidelines of this in so many ways, because I wasn't, I guess I wasn't journalism. I was running rebellious, but I was a breaking news reporter for many years and it's been weird to not be in the middle of things in the way, the same way. And at the same time, I'm so relieved to not be in a mainstream media newsroom right now. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -mm. It would be a nightmare or, I mean, only because it's like, because the voices of people who are so filled with hate are so at the forefront or have been at the forefront for so long. Back to what we were going to talk about today, um, which is, for me, I'll just explain my own experience, but, so I watched the, or I watched the, I watched the election, but I also watched the inauguration, of course, and, um, and I felt really excited in the beginning of the day, on Wednesday, I was like, this is great, like, this is so exciting, and it's going to be a beautiful day, and I watched it, and I felt really excited, I felt really, really good, I was so, I was crying, of course, and I was just like, oh, man, this is awesome, and I went back to work, And I was, you know, I, which, I mean, it would have been in hindsight, much, much better if I took a mental health day listeners, if you hadn't, haven't heard two episodes ago, our mental health day episode, um, highly recommend it. But, uh, I didn't, I didn't take a mental health day because I was like, okay, I feel good. Like this is, I'm energized. And I would say, so the inauguration happened from like basically eight 30 to 10 30, roughly our time, um, Pacific time. And, I would say around two thirty in the afternoon, something happened. And I thought I got COVID like, I seriously, Oh my God. I I'm not even kidding. Karen. I was like, do I have a fever? I was like, what? I mean, I'm not trying to g- joke about c- COVID in any way. Um, but honestly, like I was like, it was as if I was like a tea kettle and you just tipped me over. And I, like my energy was drained out. I had nothing left. I, I mean, I'm, this sounds very dramatic, but actually this is what happened. Like I was trying so hard to power through multiple calls and I had more calls planned that I had to cancel because I was lying on the floor of my bedroom and not in the way that we've talked about before of like, oh, get more you know, self-care of lying on the ground. Like it's really great. No, I was lying on the ground because I was totally and completely depleted. Like I couldn't even, like I went downstairs after I got up from the, the bedroom floor and I told Tyler, I said, like, I don't feel good. Like something's wrong. Like I, I don't feel like I don't know if it's anxiety or I just, I just felt like shit. Like I really did. I felt like shit. And meanwhile, I'm scrolling on Instagram, and everyone is higher than a kite, which I'm happy. If that's their experience, wonderful. In no way do I want to make anyone feel bad about being happy. But that was not my experience. I felt so tired like I couldn't even put a sentence together it was seriously 4 30 in the afternoon after struggling through about two hours and I was like should I go to bed like is that a thing and so I laid on my couch and I didn't go to bed because I was like I'll wake up at 2 a.m and then I'll be up for like three days but like I it was I was I was a mess Karen and I was actually a mess until I would say maybe 24 hours later like midday late day Thursday
0: that was me so Okay. First of all, that sucks. And I'm so sorry that you felt terrible. But one of the reasons I gasps is that I also had a moment Wednesday where I thought I had COVID. You are joking right now. No, no, no. Look at my Google search history. <laughs> I was looking up. I was just like
1: oh, no. fever,
0: nausea, fatigue, COVID question mark. I mean, the bad thing about Google right now is if you type any symptom of anything into Google right now, It spits out, "Do I have COVID?" Like it just (laughs) autofills COVID (laughs) because everyone
1: and their sister is googling if they have COVID.
0: I mean, like regardless of what your symptoms are, Mm -hmm. big toe sore, I have COVID. Yes. No, I I went through this chunk of Wednesday being like, "Well, what the what have I been? What have I been doing? What exposure have I had? I haven't been anywhere." I I literally had the same exact thing. It was like a twenty four hour. Flu, yes that also by midday thursday was completely gone so weird it's so bizarre i mean i really i felt terrible and i felt terrible emotionally for feeling terrible physically
1: yeah that makes it so much worse isn't it the worst oh my (laughs) god i'm so with you like it's like oh you know there's no self-compassion it's like oh no like what the hell? Get yourself together. Like that's me talking to myself of like, what? You don't have COVID. You're fine. Like, just go back to work. And it's like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm right. out. I'm out.
0: Right. Like definitely the voice in my head was like, you should be really happy right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, so I, it's so funny. I know I texted you a little bit about this and I said, well, Tori said it's this. And you're like, is Tori your therapist? And I was like, I mean, kind of, I don't pay her to be my therapist, but she kind of is, Um, but no, Um, she's one of my friends. She was like super smart about this stuff. And she was like counseling all of us all day. Like, this is your body ridding itself of four years of toxins and trauma. I was like, ah.
1: Yes, yes, Tori is a Buddha. She is really, really smart. Seriously, (laughs) thank you, Tori, if you listen. Um, But truly I didn't understand it either. I mean, I feel like our experiences are so similar because yeah, I I just didn't get it. And then I'm glad that both of us are feeling better now but I still don't think that I have this feeling of like elation. I mean, I'm, I'm happy, I really am. I'm thrilled that Biden's in office. I'm even more thrilled that Kamala Harris is in office. And then at the same time, I feel like, I don't know part of me just wants to be really quiet right now in a way or something. I can't figure out what the adjective is, but it's like, I just feel like there needs to be like healing. It's almost like when you know, blunt trauma is extracted from your body or like something is extracted from your body. I'm watching so much Outlander that I'm just thinking of like (laughs) medieval times at this point, but I'm thinking like when a spear is taken out of your eyeball, this is really intense, but like, and then you have to get a patch over it and then you have to be quiet and be, you know, you know, calm and let it heal. Like, I know this is like the worst analogy ever, but like, that's actually how I feel. I feel like there's like a time of healing that is, a lot of us are going through at least.
0: I think that's very true, the spear in the eye. I mean, your analogies are always spot on <laughs> and incredibly strange. I'm all about them. And right. I get it. I think it's mourning. I think it's grief. I think it's like, it's also, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I texted you this or not, but I felt like Biden should add to the cabinet like a national trauma therapist. Yes. That should be a cabinet level position because we all have PTSD from the last four years. And I I think I think PTSD, like not to be dramatic, but like an NPR this week, um, I think it's Mary Louise Kelly in the afternoon when she said President Biden for the first time, she stopped and she was like, oh, that's the first time I've said that, right?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And then the next day she was talking about the president and I flinched. And I realized it was like, oh, it's Biden. It's okay. Like literally hearing a reporter say the words the president said made me like cringe and and just be like, oh God. Oh no. I I feel
1: like I need them to remind me and say president Joe Biden over and over, like seriously for the next several months, at least just so that I can, you know, cement it in my brain. I mean, I'm with you. I ended up when I was in that, you know, kind of turmoil mentally, physically in, you know, on Wednesday, I went and watched like on repeat, maybe two or three times. I I am like embarrassed kind of to say, but I mean, it's just true. The Trump leaving the white house, literally walking out of the white house and like the raising of the helicopter, I needed to see it. I was like, my brain needs to incorporate this in my life. Like this is real.
0: Oh my God. There's so much that I, I was beaming. I of course now am getting New York times alerts on my phone and I didn't see that footage, but I got an alert that he had left the white house for the last time. And I just, it was the first thing I saw in the morning, which I know you're not supposed to do, but I just was like beaming. I I don't know if you've seen, and I, I don't know if this is real or not, but it was the Lincoln project tweeted it. So probably, but uh, it's footage of, them coming off maybe the plane and melania walks away from him like he stops and waves and whatever and she walks away from him with this look on her face like fuck you whoa and i forget the cap the snarky caption they put on it but it's just so she just keeps walking
1: yeah oh yeah. my gosh i have not seen that
0: she is all of us i mean she's terribly human but yeah
1: she's in that moment. yes exactly in that moment she yeah. is all of us <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by my joy and vulnerability virtual writing workshops so for a lot of you who have been listening to this podcast for a while we do karen and i do funny and not always serious, uh, legitimate um, advertisements. This one is a little bit different. This is an actual ad. So me, Katie Morel, I host monthly writing workshops on the third Friday of every month um, they're capped at eight women and they're really really fun I did a lot of them in 2020 and I'm extending them to 2021 and I'm going to be actually building out a few more but if you want to find out more just go to my website it's And I would love to have you. They're limited to women and they're two hours each. And we go through some really fun and easy writing prompts. And then we have judgment-free sharing where we talk about um, what we wrote, only if you want to. And then we have dance breaks that are 60 seconds long. And we dance to people like Abba and Lizzo and Diana Ross and other people that are really, really fun. And then uh, we wrap up. And I find that it helps people feel less alone And a lot of the women who have taken my workshops, um, they rave about them and they're really great. So please join me. If you have any questions, you can always um, reach out via my website or um, on Instagram through NotOkayPod or on Twitter. Thanks so much. Also, can I just ask a very small question of why the fuck he uses YMCA as his send out music every single time? So when he made that little speech at Andrew's Air Force Base at the last thing, his last speech of like, please remember me, weird thing. That was so weird. But anyway, he, like his actual music when he walked up the stairs of, you know, of Air Force One was YMCA. If any of the village people are still alive and- I'm sure they are. I would have some issues with that like,
0: I don't I'm curious about whether they are still alive. I don't know. And I will say it's it's part of the it's the challenge of being a terrible conservative. like your musical options are limited. Will you play kid rock every time? Exactly. Also, it's also like like conservatives. Like, for instance, love drag queens. They love disco. They Wait, love, what? like, oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, they go to the drag bars in Chicago and they're like shitty people, but they're at the drag bars. Like, I mean, back when we had open drag, it's right. just this weird thing.
1: Weird.
0: I don't know. That's
1: so weird. Yeah, yeah you're right. They have really limited options. Also, yeah. can I just ask about Garth Brooks for a second? Oh my God what was that exactly i mean i don't actually know garth anything i really don't i know nothing about garth brooks for everyone who's listening who's like diehard garth brooks has a tattoo of garth brooks on their arm like i'm sorry i really don't know but i would assume that he is like i mean this is with no knowledge but pretty conservative also because he didn't really wear a mask at all in the entire like coming and going or
0: what was that and, well, not only didn't wear a mask, it was, like, basically making out with people on his way out. It was just, like, Garth, stop touching the clans. Get out of here! Exactly! Don't get near Hillary. Exactly. I, I don't know, and all I, I... I couldn't get past the fact that he was wearing jeans.
1: Oh, 100%. I was like, really? We're going not with, like, professional dress at least? This is the fucking inauguration. Like, I know you want to stay on brand, Garth, but really, throw us a bone.
0: I don't... I don't know. I, it did feel like a daze and and I feel like so I was watching on the New York Times website, and they have this great thing where you can have the video playing live, and then they have a bunch of reporters giving commentary on the side. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love that because um, some you know they're really knowledgeable, of course, but then they're also they're reporters, so they're super snarky, and they like take digs at each other, and that's amazing. And somebody basically said like just to recap you know it's right? like we've been swearing in amanda gorman lady gaga j-lo garth brooks this is america people is there anything more american than this <laughs> like, okay. that's fair that's fair right i mean that yeah. was i was like i oh i'll yeah you're right i gotta give it to you yeah i
1: gotta give it to you although i would have i don't know there was a few people that i would have prefer to sing amazing grace than garth brooks but whatever you know it's just teach their own yeah i i don't know it's just a weird feeling and like i think it's just the feeling of being totally exhausted like even now though are you feeling like chipper as hell and like just like the best ever or are you feeling like what are your
0: feelings now so i am continuing the ptsd feeling because now I keep reading about all of these things that Biden's doing and I just think, imagine how different 2020 could have been if you'd been in office. Yeah. How many people, I just keep thinking, how many people wouldn't have died? I know. How many people wouldn't have gotten sick? How much better would the economy be doing? Like, I feel like that I am both so relieved and also just sick to my stomach thinking like, we had a whole, we lost a whole year I saw some stat, it's like 25, I think it's 25 million Americans have had COVID. Oh my God. Is that true? I'm going to fact check myself. Cause even saying that right now, it sounds crazy, but 400,000 no. people dead, that's probably true. No, I think that is, that's
1: statistically, that seems statistically accurate. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I just, it's so, un, it's like unspeakably sad, like how, much we have gone through at the hands of this person i think one thing that i just don't i really struggle to get my mind around is like this idea that this person was in office i don't even know if i can articulate this properly but like this person was at office and seemingly had so much power when on the outside but the inside was just rotten obviously and it's like a balloon like he just like just you know disintegrated but now what? He's just living at a fucking resort in Florida. Like he's just going to live like, I don't, and I know that there's going to be impeachments and I know that there's going to be indictments and I know there's going to be like, all of those things are going to happen. But even then I just feel like, huh? Like that's it? Like, what do you mean? Like how, it's not that I want, I mean, it's also weird because he's not on Twitter and it's weird in the best possible way. I mean, it's like, thank God, like we can all breathe easier. And also like I don't know Karen I just can't even it's like he was such a big part of our life for so long and I'm not saying in any way that I want him to be part of our life at all but like it's just a weird feeling it's like when you get fired no that's the wrong that's not a good analogy it's just it's like yeah I don't know I don't know what it is
0: so I was talking to Tori again Buddha my ginger Buddha about this and for me I think I referred to it like the way that my trauma brain is processing this. One of the things that's upsetting for me is having someone do so many horrible, unspeakable, illegal things, and then just walk away Yeah. to be completely unpunished. I feel like that is definitely part of my trauma history is like having people who committed things against me, just go on and live their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. so for me, that is part of like, what's so upsetting is that He wasn't immediately taken into custody. He wasn't rolled out on a gurney the way some of us were joking about. He was rolled off a plane and you're right, went golfing the next day. And I don't know what the future holds for him, but that he could end this like that for now was just really, has been really upsetting.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I totally feel, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just the, yes, just yes. It's just, it's so upsetting. And uh, like, I think a lot of us who are in therapy and are, you know, have people to like lean on, like you and I do with each other and people who are good friends to just talk about this. Like, I think I really recommend it honestly with people who are listening and thinking like, oh, I have to be a certain way in any respect. We don't have to be talking about the inauguration or Trump's you know, trauma, worldwide, you know, inflicting of trauma, anything. Like if you feel like you're the only one, you're not, period. Like you're totally not. Like I posted on Instagram on Thursday morning about how I was so exhausted and how I was really struggling. And I had a lot of people who I don't know if they didn't feel comfortable, but they didn't write, they didn't write in comments. I mean, some people did and they were like, oh yeah, I'm so glad you posted this because I've been feeling the same way and didn't know if it was just me. But I actually had a lot of people reach out to me privately on text because maybe they didn't want other people to know that they felt that way. There's just, I don't want there to be shame. Like this is, that's like the point of this podcast is like to talk about the things that people don't talk about. And like, even though there's a collective like um, sigh of relief for many of us who voted for for Biden, there's a lot more that's deeper than that. That's not so beautiful.
0: Exactly. And it reminds me of how performative social media is Mm. that you have to perform the perfect emotions, the perfect response, the perfect quotes, the perfect whatever, and nobody is not an, it's not really a place where you can be, a, it is a place to be authentic and vulnerable as long as that's okay. Exactly. Right. As long as that aligns with what the rest of Instagram or the rest of your feed tells you is okay. But if you're outside of that, it's really rough. It's hard.
1: Yeah. It can be scary. Cause it's like, oh, you don't want to be the only one. And there's this concept of belonging and like all of that stuff, like in the, in the comparisons yeah. and I mean, social media is great in so many ways. And like in a lot of ways during the actual inauguration, I was scrolling and watching Lady Gaga and like, there's so many joyful things. And I'm like, this is awesome. I feel this way too. And like, it's great when there's like, you know people feel this, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think that this is gonna take a long time.
0: I agree. Well, and I'm glad there is such a thing as DM and private message and text that people could re- out, reach out to you and connect with you about it. And Me too. I do, I also think it's going to take a long time. And I feel like we have to give ourselves time to grieve. Like, I feel like this was a national tragedy. The last four years have been a national tragedy that we have to unravel. And we just have to give ourselves space to grieve. It is awful.
1: Yes, completely. And that, it takes many forms and it's like yeah. I think the form that I appreciate the most is being in community talking to people like feeling like, and if you don't feel like that listeners if you don't feel like you can reach out to people it's okay journal about it like talk like do a voice memo to yourself about it just get it out of your body like actually recently I've been reading about you know how when dogs I don't know if cats do this but like when dogs are nervous they'll shake they'll meaning they'll shake like it looks like they're trying to get water off of their fur Well, there's actually research that if you human, like if you're experiencing something like trauma or a bad idea or thought or whatever, if you shake your body violently, I'm not talking about like hurting yourself. Oh, this is so real that like it actually doesn't, I'm, I'm not a psychologist or anyone in you know the mental health field but I will say that like I've read a lot about this where it's like it doesn't seep into your body and so I've tried this Karen this is so crazy like you, you kind of look like a crazy person but you're like oh shaking and like you just kind of like you know just like shake around and like you just you know like shake your body whatever and I've tried it a few times where I've been triggered And I have to say it actually kind of worked like it it didn't like take it away, but it was like, oh, that's a different energy. Like it just kind of, and I was talking to a source for a story about health the other day and she was like, oh no, 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 that's being taught to young children in preschool and like early elementary school now so that they don't internalize trauma or they don't internalize bad thoughts that they have about themselves is they learn how to shake them off, literally shake them off. And so it's just an interesting concept.
0: I love that so much. Oh my God. All right. I'm writing this down. I don't, I feel like cats, I've, I've been reading something cause I have cats. Yeah. That that's one reason that cats purr oh. is it's healing. Like they, my cats purr, one of my cats in particular who likes to visit this podcast, she like purrs, she sounds like a, like a Harley.
1: Wow.
0: And yeah, it's uh, it helps them heal like the process of, so it's kind of the same thing. Yes,
1: exactly, because you think about it and you think, oh, healing is only happening in the brain. It's not, like your body is is part of this system also. So like me being upset about the inauguration or me being upset about Trump or whatever it is, it's also affecting my actual physical body, not just my brain. Like I'm not just depressed, I'm, you know, I will say that I didn't try shaking on Wednesday, which I didn't think of it and Mm. I should have. So maybe I should get a tattoo, says shake it off or something, I don't know. Not going to do it, but it's good to talk about so I can remind
0: myself. I mean, unless Taylor Swift wants to sponsor this podcast, I will get shake it off, tattooed anywhere.
1: Okay. Uh, really. We are here. We are ready for you. <laughs> she is, I really like her. I saw her um, documentary a couple years ago. I don't know what it was. I mean, I think she's done a couple of them, but anyway, it was really, really good. I, I wasn't really a fan. And then I was like, wow, she's kind of cool.
0: So I, I have, um, I'm a little mad at Taylor Swift because um, I went to karaoke with some friends for a bachelor party and I tried to do Taylor Swift and it was not a Taylor Swift crowd. I hang around with too many gay men. Oh. I was hanging out at the straight bachelorette or bachelor party and the straight men were not, uh, they're not feeling it. So now uh, I'm mad at Taylor Swift and I know all the words to all her songs. Damn. Did not serve me well at karaoke.
1: They didn't resonate at karaoke. That's sad. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if she came on this podcast and all of us like sang one of her songs with her? That would be so amazing. (laughs) Although I don't think I want myself to sing. I just want her to sing. That would be amazing. It's like podcast
0: Zoom karaoke.
1: Yes, exactly. That would be amazing. So on that high note, (sighs) listeners, whatever you feel, you're not alone, no matter what. That's the biggest message here. We hope that you are doing okay.
0: We hope that you're doing, I mean, of course you're not okay, but we hope you are okay.
1: Yes, we hope you are okay. We'll see you next week.